Welcome to the Style That Binds Us podcast. If you are joining us for the first time, my name is Delia Folk, and I previously worked on the buying team at Barney's New York, and my mom, Allison Brune, is an in-demand national wardrobe consultant. We are the co-hosts for this podcast. Our mission is to give access to the often closed, exclusive, and insular fashion industry. In the podcast, we interview movers and shakers in the fashion, beauty, jewelry, art, and entrepreneurial space. We want you to walk away having learned something, feeling inspired and confident. You belong with us, and we are better because you are here. We hope you enjoy. with Jackie Cohen of My Story Jewelry. Jackie worked on Wall Street for many years and then left the industry feeling a bit unfulfilled. And so she took some time to travel. She went to Africa, India, and Israel. And once she came back, her family has a jewelry business. And so she was working a bit with them and decided that she wanted to become a mother. So she started trying IVF and ended up adopting a beautiful baby girl. And she, to celebrate the birth, mm-hmm. she made a piece of jewelry and was getting all these compliments on it. So actually the birth of her daughter around the same time, the birth of her brand, My Story, which is all those compliments led to starting her brand. And Jackie and I met when I was on the buying team at Barney's and yeah. she was one of my vendors. So we are so excited to talk to her today all about adoption and becoming a mother and the choices you have there. And of course, also about her brand. So in reading your bio on the My Story Jewelry website, you have had such an interesting life. You have traveled a ton and been inspired by India in particular. Did I read that you joined the Israeli army? So I actually, um, after leaving Wall Street, I felt very, um, I would say burnt out and a little bit angry, uh, just sort of, it's a very toxic environment, especially for women mm-hmm. and you just are tough. So I thought, well, I need to get out my aggression. <laughs> so I actually didn't join the army. I did a volunteer program okay. um, where you get to live at an army base for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I would, we would sleep there. We would be, um, Cooking, cleaning, cleaning guns, cleaning a kitchen, cleaning, like, whatever it was that they needed. Um, Yeah, it was really interesting. And then you got to meet all of these Israeli soldiers, which I just thought was a really sort of amazing thing because in America, not everyone has to go to the army, but there, it's so common. And I also think it just was a very nice um, experience because I got to meet all these young soldiers who live every life of it so that's very free spirit very like empowering where in america we're like work 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 and we work to live where they're they're like i don't know what's going to happen tomorrow so i'm just going to enjoy my life and so it was a pretty cool experience on both sides because i got to get out of my toxins and then i also got to sort of learn a different way of thinking right which is pretty cool yeah yeah so it was good therapy yes your brain to not being on high alert yes 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 Yes. they are but in a different way yeah and that's why they just embrace life and they have a very different sort of sense of travel um a lot of the kids after the army they go traveling for six months or a year oh Uh uh-huh and um it was just like a sense of fearlessness i would say so Mm -hmm. it was a it was really nice 
And then when you came back, let's talk about what was it like working with your family with their jewelry business? So that's actually very funny. Um, a lot of jewelry industry uh, companies are very family oriented. Mm-hmm. So at first I was like, I don't think that I can work with my mom, my dad, and my brother. Right. So let's give this like a three month trial period. I'm right. like, you know, let's pay me like <laughs> minimum amount of money and let me see if I can make this work. And then I fell in love. I fell in love with building the business. I fell in love with touching the stones and playing with the stones and thinking of designs and putting together a collection. And, you know, at the time it was my brother and my dad running the business. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, wait a minute. There's two men designing for women. <laughs> Neither one of them has any sort of design background. They both have mechanics of how to build sure. things. But so I was like, hmm, I can only improve upon this. Mm-hmm. So essentially, it was really kind of fun making the brand a bit more feminine and growing the business was also exciting for my sort sure. of business sense. Mm-hmm. And then that's great. Let's talk about the challenges when you decided you wanted to start your own company to break away from that family business. So, interestingly, um, my brother and I ran the business together for about eight years, and we did great, and it was wonderful. And that business was mostly bridal engagement rings, very classic look, um, and I've never been married, so I didn't necessarily find it that inspiring. And most women get married once, you get one ring, maybe you upgrade or maybe you get a halo or you reset it or something, mm-hmm. and bands. So I did really well with the band category because it was something I could wear and something I could enjoy. So once my story started growing and like I started adding pieces and you know people started liking it and then I started branding it and I'm like, I feel like I'm onto something. Mm-hmm. There was a little tension between my brother and I for the very first time. And my brother and I grew up super close. We were best friends. We went to university together. Mm -hmm. And so this was very uncomfortable for my whole family. So um, at the time, it just got to a point that he said, well, you're focusing so much on my story, you're not focusing on the bride of that. I just think it was the right time, the right thing to do, and ultimately the best thing that ever happened to me, the best thing that ever happened for me and my daughter, and the best thing that happened to get me and my brother back to where we should be right. as a best friends. Right. So it was all good. Yeah. So it was a... And it happened the way it should have. Yes. Exactly. Organically. That's yes. Great. Yes. Thank goodness. Yeah. We didn't want to get to a bad place before right. we could get to a good right. place again. Exactly. Yeah. And then how did you take your experience from Wall Street and apply what you learned to your brand? So I think in the Wall Street arena, you learn a lot about like hustle and don't be afraid. Like Wall Street is a man's world, right? And so I would never have dressed like this, mm-hmm. even on mm-hmm. the best, you know, most casual. Yeah, right? no, it would never happen. So I just think um, I was always in a room with twenty men, and I've never felt intimidated. I never took no for an answer. I never thought, "Well, I can't do it," because you know, like I never thought, "Well." I didn't go to Harvard or whatnot at the time. I remember um, I was working at Bear Stearns and there was a guy next to me and he went to Harvard or Harvard grad school, I don't know, but, and we had the same title. And I remember he sort of got a little snippy with me once and I'm thinking, I don't really care where you went to school. I'm like, we're the same title, we're the same, you know, so I don't know, I never felt scared that I- Intimidated by any of that. No, I was just like, I'm gonna put my head down, I'm gonna work hard and, Let's yeah. see where it gets me. <laughs> yeah. So I feel like I brought that to the table. And I also, 
I was in sales trading, which is a lot of networking. It's not, I wasn't necessarily, and a lot of people on Wall Street aren't necessarily the decision maker. The, the portfolio managers, those are the smart guys. The quantitative guys, those are the smart guys. The people executing all the trades and matching the buyers and sellers, it's the same as you and I. You know, mm-hmm. you were talking to me about what you need, and I was trying to execute it and get you the hoops that you needed. Mm-hmm. But and it's very similar to that. They just get paid an extraordinary amount of money. Yeah. And so they all think that they're smarter than they are. We have. <laughs> I love it. It's kind of true. Though. There you have it in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah. So that's what I think I learned is that you're not smarter than me. We we right. can all do this. You just get paid a lot of money. Right. Yeah. Okay. So what I love about my story is that you can really have these custom pieces. So if someone comes into a store and they say, oh, I love that, but can it be in this and maybe this stone? So let's talk about the, what does it look like if someone wants a custom piece and how long would it take for them to get it? Okay. So, um, and I can send you pictures and um, pads on too. So coming from a bridal background, Every bride wants something custom, right? So, and every stone is custom, right? Not every emerald shape is the same. Not every oval is the same. Right. You know, they're different. One might be elongated. One might be fat. So Mm -hmm. there was a lot of CAD work. CAD work is computer animated design. Mm -hmm. And so I got very familiar with that process. Mm -hmm. Also, the brand of my story in and of itself is about telling your story. So right. your story isn't the same as my story, which right. isn't the same as what's going to be your story one day. So mm-hmm. everyone is unique and everyone wants something that is unique and special to them. Mm-hmm. So um, those two things meshed were a good formula for when I was building things like a little dog tag or um, a ring that someone said, well, I have three kids and I want three different colors, one for each of their birthstones. Can you do that? I'm like, of course. I have um, a dog tag and I want my eight kids' birthstones or eight grandbabies' birthstones. <laughs> eight grandbabies. <laughs> Sorry. Um, can I have all their um, birthstones on it? Well, sure, we could do that. You know, it was sort of about giving everyone the opportunity to make something unique that was super special to them that nobody else would have. So I thought that was pretty cool. And that the first step of that is CAD design. So I give all the specs to my CAD designer. And I say, we want it to be an inch big, or we want it this wide, and then I want eight stones all different, and I want these initials in this font. Like, you can make it as sort of intense as you want. Mm-hmm. And um, then he gives me back the, um, the drawing in CAD. I generally send it to my client, and I say, is this, is this exactly what you want? They approve it. Then we print a wax. And then from the wax, you get a casting. So it gets it gets sent to a casting company. You get a piece of metal, and then you start. And so production for true custom work like that is like three to four weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fast with all of those processes. Yeah, you know, sometimes you do it a little quicker even when somebody has a rush and they're like, it's my mm-hmm. grandmother's 80th birthday. Sure. I need it by this day. And you're like, okay. <laughs> so, so we hustle. Mm-hmm. And then tell us about the spec. The a spec. The spec. So I usually like if someone says I want it to be this height, this dimension, this you know, like recently we had someone one of our best selling dog tags is called the Charlie. They wanted it twice the size, they wanted two baguettes, they wanted an interesting quote in the back. So like we have to get down all the information. And just recently we did another one where the woman wanted a pendant that we have called the Levi. It's her 40th birthday or her 45th birthday, and she just got a big promotion. She's a doctor. 
So I think she's probably a hot little sassy doctor because on the back she wanted it to say Dr. Hot Pants or Dr. Oh. Tight Pants. Oh. She's an oncologist and she's really That's cute. And I know her um, through someone and she's um, really smart and she's a single mom too. So I, I thought, tip for you. I like that. And it's blinged out. That was the other thing. So she wanted the whole entire thing puppy. And it's wow. a big one. And when I got I was wow. like, that's going to be expensive. Are you cool with that? And she's like, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> Do it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's fun. It's the so customs fun. are fun for sure. I would think so too. Yeah. And let's talk about what was the first piece of jewelry that you designed for my story. So it's the one thing I wear every day. Um, so it's called the jewelry ring and you guys can find it on my website at mystoryfinejewelry.com. And it's still my number one seller. So when Julia was born, I wanted something unique to celebrate her. When she was born, I was 42 and a half. And I just thought, well, I don't want the little initial that everyone has, or, you know, often they have a disc with the kid's initial. I'm like, seen that for like 20 years and everybody makes it. So I thought, well, I want something a little more understated that's not necessarily screaming mommy jewelry. So I made a simple ring. Like I said, bands were really my number one category in bridal. So a skinny little band and I put Julia's baguette um, birthstone in it. And then I wore it and I would be selling our engagement rings and wedding bands and whatnot. And all my customers would say, oh, I love that ring. And it was a simple ring. Mm -hmm. And then I would tell them the story of my journey to become a mom. And inevitably, they were hugging, kissing, crying. Everyone's like, you know, that's so great. Well, can you make all 12 colors for the store? And I was like, oh, sure. Like, I was selling without even having an idea of putting something into production, which was really... Super cool because it happened organically. Yes. <laughs> How much are they? I'm like, I don't know, but I'll find out. <laughs> it's much easier to sell 12 little bands than it is to sell sure. 12 engagement rings. Sure. Which is very funny because every single engagement ring is a different finger size, a different oh, right. um, stone and everybody's size. Everybody's getting engaged, first uh-huh. of all. Right. And so everyone is like a one-off where... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, this is so much more fun. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so that um, brings us to the subject that I wanted to talk to you as a mother. Yes. And I wanted to hear about your journey to Julia. Okay, so occasionally I get teary-eyed. That's okay. I'm just going to warn you in advance. That's okay. So um, it's a, it's like the most amazing journey and... um, it started when I was 40, mm-hmm. and I was dating yet another guy in New York City who yeah. was, like, not super nice and just, you know, uh, I was probably dating him for the, all the wrong reasons. I thought, I'm 40. I really, you know, I should get on the ball if I want to get married and have a baby. And so it was not ending well, and I thought, well, let's, when this ends, like, I got to start. And so he and I dated and blah. So... January 1st of that year, I was like, okay, time to start making a baby. And I thought it was, this was going to be so easy. I'm healthy. I work out. Why shouldn't I be just be able to get pregnant? Right. So I started doing, um, so, I, so okay. you broke up with him. Yes. And then you said, I'm, I'm going to handle this myself. Yes. Okay. And then you began. Yes. So I told my parents, I guess I should start with that. So I, I told my parents, this is what I want to do. And they were like, great. That sounds great. We're so happy. Yeah. So, um, so I started doing, um, IUI and I don't know how much detail you want about any of these. Well, whatever you want to get parts. <laughs> I don't know a lot about it. So IUI is not IBS. So there's no drugs involved. Okay. Just yet. So three times I did it and, um, I, I got pregnant 
Um, I got pregnant and it was um, an ectopic pregnancy, yeah. which is a tubular pregnancy, which I had no idea what it even was at the time. That's how like unfamiliar I am with all my body parts. Well, most people don't know. Yeah, so nobody knows pregnant. until... So that happened and I was, you know, super sad. Yeah. And then it made me take the next step, which is IVF and much more expensive as well. So I was like committed to having a baby. Mm-hmm. And so I did IVF and I did IVF four times, which is again, very expensive. Mm-hmm. And I had two pregnancies, but both not viable. And so two DNCs and I was oh heartbroken. Heart. So one ectopic, which is surgery to take yeah. that out and the two, and then two D and I was like, uh, this was took about two, this was over almost two years heartbroken every time it's hysterical and it was a really sad two years and um like i remember my friends would call me to go out for dinner or drinks and i'm like ew why do you want to even hang out with me i i don't want to be around myself i'm so sad i was such (laughs) sad bad company right and i remember i would go into a spin class where it's dark and there's no no one can look at you and it's you know really loud and oh And I would just cry. Oh. <laughs> it was horrible. So, so then um, it was after the, the the fourth IVF, and it was like I just was like I'm I'm not meant to make a baby, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. So, after two and a half years, I decided, well, my body's just not meant to make a baby, and how do I do this? And I knew nothing about adoption. I knew nobody that was adopted. I knew no, nobody that had adopted their kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, where do you start? I went on the internet. You would think I was searching for how to get to the moon. You probably <laughs> can find something easier, literally. I was like, this is very confusing. So I called a friend of mine whose boss's sister adopted in from California. And I called her and we spoke and she gave me the lawyer in LA's number and the LA lawyer gave me my lawyer's number in New York. That's how many steps it took. Wow. So we go to the appointment. So I brought my mom with me. Good. That binds us. Yes. Mommy came yes. with me. And we went to the appointment and I remember it was right before, um, Labor Day weekend, 2013. And so the lawyer walks me through the whole process and the cost and what to expect and how long it will take. This is also kind of funny. So I'm a single mom, you know, right. and so my lawyer was like, I just want to warn you, you know, it's going to be tough because everybody who is putting up a baby for adoption just thinks that they want to give it to the, a family that's like mommy, daddy, white picket fence, little doggy, oh. you know, waiting for a, a baby to come home. And so you expect that if you can't give this baby the best life, this other person can. So she's like, and then it's kind of like really cool. And, and now if you're a gay couple to, you know, to, for, for, to, to give up a baby to a gay couple. Mm-hmm. And she's like, and then like a single Jewish mom living in New York city, probably a few kids <laughs> love that. So I was like, okay, here we go again. <laughs> so she was just sort of preparing me. Like they give you all of the information. Perfect. And, um, I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to do it. And then just like anything, I put like jump in feet first. So that like, and she's like, think about it over the long weekend and then we'll get started. I'm like, okay, great. So then you have a home study. And so the state comes to your house and they ask you all these questions and make sure that 
you're not crazy and that you do indeed want a baby for the right reasons and you get fingerprinted and a background check and all these things. Mm -hmm. And so I did that. And then um, the interesting thing is the way private adoption works is you do what's called an advertising blitz. And this is the magical part of the story because it's really amazing how Julia and I, like all the stars were perfectly aligned. So you might need a tissue. <laughs> so what happened is um, this advertising blitz was the first week of November and I spent $13,000 of ads in little tiny papers in little tiny towns all over the country. And there was probably 20 words that just said, um, you know, Looking to start my family, first baby, all expenses paid, loves to travel, athletic, you know, a couple mm -hmm. words about myself and an 800 number. This was the very first day, the very first phone call on the very first potential birth mom was a young lady and she was um, pregnant and she had two other kids and she, so she was a single mom. So she didn't care that I would be a single mom. Mm -hmm. And we talked for two hours and finally she, you know, I said, I feel like there's a connection. Are you comfortable speaking with my lawyer? And she said yes, and you know I assure her that I pay for everything and that I'm 100% there for her because these are young women in crisis and probably very scared and probably don't have the money for a lawyer. You know, most people don't have this kind of money. Right. And um, so I want to assure her that I, you know I'm there for her. So she said she was comfortable, and so then she called my lawyer, or my lawyer called her, mm -hmm. and um, and then you know. At the end of this conversation, we're like, okay, this is great. I'm so excited. And she said, I have one more thing to tell you. And I said, okay, what is it? And this was a Monday. And she's like, I'm due on Thursday. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> this is amazing. Well, I was excited. Most people would be scared. I was like, this is awesome. Right. I've been waiting for two years. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm yeah. so ready. Yeah. So, um, I'm like, awesome. Don't worry about it. And she's like, okay. So then my lawyer hires a lawyer in her state and that lawyer meets with her and he's like, great news. She is indeed pregnant and she's cute. And she, you know, like she looks like she's in good shape. Yes. I'm like, great. So I flew out there that weekend. So I got a phone call Monday. I flew out there Saturday and we met for lunch, um, her and her other kids. And on Tuesday, I was to go home because my lawyer said, you must have a ticket to go home. Anything can go wrong. Don't get excited. Don't bring baby clothing. Don't bring anything. That's it. And so I was like, okay. So that Tuesday, we were going to a local hospital for a checkup, sort of, because technically she didn't really know when she was due because, mm -hmm. of course, in America, we don't have free, you know, medicine. Yeah. So no prenatal care. And then also she had an 11-month-old when Julia was born. So she probably didn't know exactly the day of conception. So, um, so we went to a local hospital. And they hooked her up and they look and, you know, hospitals, everything takes three hours. Mm -hmm. So we were waiting and waiting and, you know, finally... The doctor came in and he's like, has anyone check, you know, giving you a checkup down there? And she's like, no. And he goes down there and he's like, oh, there's the baby's head. We're having a baby. <laughs> and you're sitting right there. Uh-huh. Wow. So I call my mom. I'm like, get on the plane. We're having a baby. Uh -uh. And literally three hours later, I helped deliver Julia. Uh-uh. <laughs> and that's the best part. So that is miracle of all miracles. And yeah. And so I was there for the birth and delivered her and... Oh, here's one beautiful part of the story too, and you'll cry for sure. Is, <laughs> is um, so I would say maybe right before she started pushing, or maybe in between some of the pushes, a nurse said 
do you want to hold the baby first or do you want Jackie to hold the baby first? And so she said, I want Jackie to hold the baby first. And that's when I knew I would get a baby. (laughs) That's so wonderful. Really, really, really. Yeah, because, you know... there's that, so many stories about how it doesn't yeah. work out. Yeah. Or they change their mind. That's what I mean. Or, yeah. Once they see the baby, they're like, I And I think that, that was her way of detaching. Because yes. if she held the baby, then, yeah. you know, it, it wouldn't have worked out. But luckily, you know, thank God, everything has been seamless ever since. Yeah, yeah. definitely, definitely. Yeah, so I just think it's like the miracle. You know, it was the right thing. Yeah. That's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Meant to be. Absolutely. Wonderful yeah. story. Wonderful story. So when Delia was one and a half, mm-hmm. I was divorced, and so she lived with me. <laughs> we lived by ourselves. Grandma and granddaddy helped out a lot. But really? We, her daddy lives in Memphis, so that was four hours away. So he definitely played a big part in her life, but a lot of the time it was just the two of us uh-huh. until she was five and I remarried. So um, we have this connection, I believe. People yes. are always asking, why is it like that with you two? And I think it had to do with... It's me and Julia. You know, uh-huh. it's the same thing. It's like people, when they watch you together, they're like, how do you, you know, mm-hmm. you just seem to have this thing. So so that's something very positive, I think, you know, yeah. that we are both lucky I love yeah. being a single mom. I'm sure. Like, there's definitely some things that are exhausting. Right. Um, but I love it. I'm not arguing about <laughs> right. you shouldn't tell that or try yeah. to. Yeah, I can do like whatever I want, whatever right. I think is best. Right. Um, I kind of like the fact that I don't have to give somebody else attention, right. you know? Yeah, that is difficult. My work or something, but I really enjoy the fact that right. she's the focus. Right. Exactly. exactly. I love it. Sacral law. Yes. Um, so that also leads to being a single mother, having a career, traveling for your career and things like that. How do you navigate all of that with her now that she's in school? Because she's fast. Yes. Right? Yeah. So she's in kindergarten. Um, I am going to say I have the most amazing nanny in America. Great. I live for her. And so um, everyone should be that lucky. And yes. she was the first and only nanny that we ever got. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I don't know how unique it is in New York, and I don't know how often people have it, but she lives in my apartment Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. So that's really important, not necessarily for the daytime when Julia goes to school. Because mm-hmm. if I'm in New York, if I'm working in New York or New Jersey, as long as I'm here, I bring Julia to school that day. Yeah. And, um, and then I go to work and I do my stuff. Mm-hmm. So... But my nanny really takes care of my life. Like, yeah. She, that's great. She's more than just... She's amazing. Yes. Yes. And so she she does my dry cleaning. <laughs> yeah, sure. She cleans my house. She does my food shopping. Right. If um if it's Julia's birthday party and I was like, we need all these things at Party City, like right. here's money and go to Party City for me. Like these are things that I want to do. These of are course. things that every mom's like, I want to pick up the hot pink paper oh, plates sure, and the sure. balloons and the, the Mickey sure. Mouse. But I, I can't. And right. if I tried, I would just run myself ragged and it's it's just not worth it. And so I just think I do the best that I can. And I have this amazing person that helps Mm -hmm. me sort of be able to manage all those things. Um, my parents help a lot as Mm -hmm. well. So when I am traveling, if I have to do a weekend trunk show, Mm -hmm. my parents will come into the city Mm -hmm. on Friday after school, pick up Julia and then bring her back to their house. They They probably love. They do. Right. And, they take care of her Saturday and Sunday, and if I fly home 
Saturday night or Sunday morning. Mm -hmm. I'll fly and I land and I go directly to their house mm -hmm. and we spend the day together and then I come back to the city. So it's a lot of in advance packing, right? <laughs> Taking care of like matching calendar. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's a lot of that. And then I have clothes at their house. I have clothes mm -hmm. in their house in Miami. I have clothes. She everywhere. probably does too now, yes. right? Oh yeah. yeah. She yeah. has seasonal clothes everywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think that's because when you try and do it all, you end up not doing any of it as well. Yeah. And you feel like you're not doing a good job by anybody. And I never want to feel that way. Right. I just, and it's just so great to have the time to really get to, while you know she's at school, you know she's happy, you can really mm -hmm. be able to um, concentrate on your work and being creative and doing all of that. Totally. I try not process. to work when I'm home. You know, sure, sure. I try to, like, in the mornings, everyone scrolls on Instagram. You wake up, you scroll. I do my yes. posts in the morning. Right. I don't generally do more than one post. Right. And if I'm in my office... And I have a little downtime. I might prepare a few posts for later that week. Right. Um, and then in the morning, also before Julia gets up, obviously I make her lunch and I shower and all that kind of stuff. But I'll prepare the stories. You know, like I put out the stories. So I try not to be on the phone all day long. I do. Right. I save all the pictures from the day before and then I put the stories and then I'm done. Yeah. You know? So I try to do mm -hmm. that. I try to be regimented in that. And yeah. how important do you think social media and Instagram is for your business? Massive. Yeah. Be, like all her sales. Yeah. So yeah. many sales are from that. Or like yeah. I can now I can like link in bio. Yeah. Or like, yeah, yeah. you know swipe up to yeah. buy. Right. So I just think it's it's fascinating and on the the consumer side and even stores stores have found me like I mean amazing yeah. stores that everyone wants to be in have found mm -hmm. me through Instagram like Jamie Geller and Pacific Palisades mm -hmm. Milo and Brooklyn and you know there was a hundred store chain that talked to me and it's not necessarily the direction I wanted to go in but I was right. flattered beyond belief sure. I'm like wow right. how did you find you right. know my story and it's right. just amazing it is amazing it's amazing, amazing. Yeah. I've had that with designers messaging me on Instagram would love for you to come see our collection you know and you're thinking in the beginning I thought I don't know I'll go I don't uh -huh. know and it, every time it's been it's really fun so it's yeah. a real thing you yeah. know it's not just weirdos reaching out to you well the cool part is is that a young brand with not a ton right. of money can, right. can like yeah. make headway yes. it's really awesome yeah where you know, probably 10 years ago, you would have to hire a PR company. Oh, yeah, and, for you know, a lot of advertising and all that. Yeah, yeah, so it's a big difference. Yeah, I love it. So, uh, proceeds of the jewelry, tell us about your favorite okay. share. Okay, so um, because Julia was adopted and because I know the cost of adoption and just the, the sadness that goes along with it of maybe not being able to have a baby on your own if that was what you wanted or some people maybe just always wanted to adopt um and then the cost and then the heartbreak if what if what if you can't or that feeling at the end of your rope where you're like i can't do this anymore i don't have enough money or i just spent 40 grand how am i going to afford another 10 grand or 20 grand or 30 when does it end right is there a light at the end of the tunnel right and so i knew once my story started taking off that i wanted to get involved in a charity mm -hmm. and so i met the founder of a, a foundation called helpusadopt.org her name is becky fawcett and she has two adopted children and we just instantly like clicked and we talked and talked and talked 
And she was like, I definitely want you to be, you know, part of this group. And so it's been two or three years now. And um, so, yes, a portion of my sales goes to helplessadopt.org. I'm on the board of the charity. And um, it's just been really exciting and really fulfilling. And um, I just always learn something new. And it never... I never understood about like the giving back the way I do now because mm-hmm. you can change people's lives because mm-hmm. often they might need just like the last 10 grand to get them mm-hmm. over the hump and you, they get a grant for $10,000 and then their whole life has changed. Then they have a baby right? and you think, wow, like, and you had no idea you would be a part of this. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty special. Yeah. And then tell us. So um, my favorite painting here is my Ashley Longshore, which is very exciting. So the cool part about Help Us Adopt is um, they get some really amazing um, pieces donated. So it could be jewelry, it could be restaurants, it could be experiences. If anyone out there works at NBC or (laughs) or the Knicks (laughs) and you guys have something you want to donate, contact Julia. So, um, I always follow, started following Ashley Longshore cause I admired her work mm-hmm. and her spirit of like mm-hmm. fearlessness and girl power and don't stop trying. And I mean, I just think she's brilliant too, that yeah. you could take artwork and then you can collaborate with Judith Lieber or Bergdorf's or all these, like, she's just mind blowing how right. talented and smart she is. Right. And so she donates a painting every year to help us adopt. And um, I was like, I'm going to win that. I'm going to get that. I need that in my office. And so last year I was fortunate enough that I did win it. And it's like my favorite thing in the entire world. Yeah. And it's beautiful and it's special and it helped raise families. Right. So that's exciting. Yeah. That's that's right. So... The, is that like an online auction type thing? Or so we do have an online auction. Cool. Yes. So the biggest event of the year, the biggest fundraiser of the year is in um, April mm-hmm. um, in New York. Mm-hmm. And so we have an event there. And of course, I donate a mama ring and I donate a $1,000 gift card to my story. And um, I get any of my friends that have a talent or a restaurant or anything mm-hmm. to donate stuff for the auction. So there is an online auction now. Um, I don't know if it's up just yet, but because mm-hmm. we're in the process of still collecting things, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's pretty, you know, it's really nice and it's really great. And I get a table every year and that's great. And family. Yeah. And we'll link to that. Yeah. No, that'll be great. Yeah. The more eyes on it, it's yeah. the better. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, um, do you want to talk about the best selling pieces? Like she said, the monoring and things like that. Sure. Sure. So, um, okay. So. It's funny. So the brand started with a little color stone, mm-hmm. which then was 12 little color stones. And um, then it evolved. I have a little mama ring that we love. Uh, it was like crazy during Mother's Day, during um, Barney's, because they had put it on their homepage and it like blew up. Of course, it sold out. And then I was like, everyone was direct messaging me on Instagram. Where can I buy it? Where can I buy it? Where can I buy it? Like, wow. Yes, it was crazy. Now they have backstock. Yes. Now they have backstock, which is good. It was crazy. But exciting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now we make a pendant and a little bracelet with it, too. So, um, and it's a nice price point. It's $5.25. Mm-hmm. It's really cute. Mm-hmm. And we make it now. It says Mama, Grandma, Nana, Mimi, <laughs> Badass, Boss, Boss Babe. Anything I feel like that's girl power, too. Right. You know? Right. Um, badass is the number two seller on Barney's.com, which is funny. That makes yeah. sense. It's Barney's. really cute. Yeah. 
So, so that's, that's one of them. And then also since the brand was about color, ironically, rainbows are just very on trend now. Mm-hmm. So I took one of my classic styles from my, from timeless, which was sort of like a wide band and um, it had baguettes going north south, mm-hmm. and I put it into color, and it like exploded. And um, there's a a very talented online Instagram person, uh, Stephanie Gottlieb, and mm-hmm. if you guys follow her, she posts it a lot, and she takes beautiful photography. And so I feel like she helped bring my rainbow ring to life, mm-hmm. and really show everyone how to wear it. So that was pretty cool, also. So I would say. The mantras, that sort of um, mm-hmm. collection, and the rainbows are really sort of my number one mm-hmm. items these days. And then I just launched um, lockets, which has been really awesome. And yeah, I've always awesome. wanted to make the lockets, and people mm-hmm. always ask me if I have lockets. Mm-hmm. And now we do. That's great. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. That's really neat. Mm-hmm. So, one last question for me. Yeah. How has motherhood influenced your creativity? So I would say that it's maybe, again, a little bit more fearless mm-hmm. um, and whimsical, where before I might have been a little bit more straight arrow and like afraid to sort of color outside the lines to mm-hmm. sort of make an analogy. But I think that um, being a mom is like everything is coloring outside the lines because mm-hmm. nothing is perfect and mm-hmm. you have to go with the flow and things are unexpected. So I think that it's made me a little bit more um, free to express myself mm-hmm. and to put things together, especially that I want to wear mm-hmm. um, or that I think, wow, I want to hand this down to Julia one day because I think yeah. that she would really love it. And I think it's been fun also because, you know, I make things now that my mom would want to wear. So, right. you know, it's my mom yeah, has a stack and it has her um eternity band and then it has her ring says oella because our family is spanish so it says oella and then it has a rainbow band and i feel like it's fun designing for people that are all different ages yeah and that it can kind of fit anybody Mm -hmm. so i have young girls that might wear the baddest ring and then i have my mom who wears an oella ring and it's you know the same exact ring it just says two different things it means two different things to different people so. And you have this, I was thinking about that. When people ask, how has your life changed since you become a mother? Well, there's no answer. I mean, it's, you know, uh-huh. everything about your life has changed since you've been a mother. Yes. But then when you're a mom and a daughter, then you have this other perspective when you're designing. Like you said, you're thinking, well, a mom would love to wear this. Mm-hmm. Or now a grandmother would love to wear this. Yeah. But that you know how it also feels to be that young girl purchasing her first band. So cute. You know, it's like my daughter will play in my jewelry box yeah. oh, and like yeah. touch things. It's really funny. And so I can tell that she likes to play with it. She loves ornate and sparkles. <laughs> and I'm like, maybe she'll be the next Patricia Fields. Right, right. right. She like has these little clickety-clack um, plastic uh, heels yeah. and she wears them around the house and dances in them. Like she is funny. That's so, so funny. adorable. Yeah, it's really cute. That's great. Okay, so everyone is inspired by their family history and background. So how do you think that has shown up in your jewelry? How have you been inspired by your family history? So my family is Cuban, and I would say we've always been very um, like proud of our heritage. Mm-hmm. Um, I grew up in a very small, very tight Cuban community, and... Um, we spoke, grew up speaking Spanish. Um, we grew up eating rice and beans and fried bananas and plantains and Cuban mm-hmm. sandwiches. 
Uh, every Jewish holiday, we'd fly down to Miami for the Jewish holidays and spend with my grandparents. Um, he was one of the founders of a temple there called Cuban Hebrew Congregation. Mm-hmm. And um, Julia obviously was not born Jewish. <laughs> so there's a ceremony in Judaism called a mikvah, and much like a baptism, mm-hmm. where they get dunked in the water. So mm-hmm. um, I knew... I, I didn't necessarily think, oh, she has to have one because I'm raising her Jewish, so what difference does it make? But my mom felt strongly about it. Mm-hmm. And um, after my grandfather passed away, he missed meeting Julia by just a few days, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. He, he knew that she was born, but he never got to meet her because we were flying down to Miami on a Thursday, and he passed on Sunday, so wow. he never met her. But I thought, well, this is where I should have it. This is yes. like this is our second home, and my grandfather would be very proud yes. to have it here. Yes. So we had a ceremony for her called the mikvah in Miami, and we did the, the dipping of the water in the ocean. So everyone went oh, to the really? ocean. Yeah, it was so beautiful. That's really so beautiful. yeah, it was really it was exactly like it was supposed to be, yeah. and it was really beautiful. So I just think again, like Cuban heritage is all about color and yeah. sort of yeah, and exactly. a lot of Yes, exactly. And a lot of, um, I think the way the style of dress now too is so much more fun where when I was it timeless, it was much more classic. And so now I have that opportunity to show color and flair and fun things. So I think I express myself through all that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And what do you see as the future of my story jewelry? Okay. Um, so I love the fact that I'm this, I feel like my brand is in its infancy. Mm Mm-hmm. And we're probably in 20-ish stores in the country. So I feel like there's so much growth that we have. And yet I'm in, I would say, the top stores that you want to be in. So that's pretty exciting because I think people think, wow, you're doing great. And I'm thinking, we have so much more to go. (laughs) So, you know, I have like a five-year plan of, I think, growth. Mm-hmm. And continuing to grow my brand. Um, past five years, I, I don't think I can plan right now. But mm-hmm. I know, you know, if we are in the number one store in each sort of mm-hmm. city, mm-hmm. you know, I'm probably only in 10 of them now, mm-hmm. if that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just feel like, wow, we have so much growth potential. Mm-hmm. So I get up every morning super excited, like guns ablazing, yeah. which is, is really, it's really fun. An international too. Yes, yes, international. Yes, I haven't even touched on just that. Just started the lockets. You said yes. So, so um, by the time this comes out, too, you'll have them. But so we're doing lockets, which are really beautiful. They generally retail around four thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. And here's the interesting thing: nobody makes lockets anymore, right? Then nobody makes beautiful lockets. Right. They're either very expensive. There's like right. one brand that makes them, mm-hmm. and they're very expensive. Or they're like silver, mm-hmm. not beautiful in the shape of a heart with an ugly veil, like yeah. from JC Penney's. Right. And um, so we're making a lower priced one, all gold, and it will be on a little bit lighter chain, but it'll have like a turquoise stone or a mm-hmm. green emerald. It'll have beautiful stuff, and those should retail around fifteen hundred. Mm-hmm. And then um, by the time this comes out, we're launching a zodiac collection. Yeah. Oh, they're going to be super sleek, super cool. And I just think really fun because everyone loves their oh, yeah. sign. Yeah, they're yeah. fun. And they're going to be in that same price range, 1200 1500 retail. Thank you for listening to the Style That Binds Us podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. 
We would love it if you would go to your favorite podcast app and subscribe. The best way for us to know your thoughts is if you rate and review the Style That Binds Us podcast. This will give us the opportunity to know what you'd like to see from us in the future. Follow along on our adventures on social media at The Style That Binds Us, at Allison Brune, at Delia Folk are our handles. Until next time.